sexy people. This is Jackie here with the Sexy Political Podcast with the third part of a four-part series on women in the armed forces. This week, I want to talk about women in the U.S. Navy. If you like what I'm doing here and you'd like to support us, check us out at this on Patreon at thesexypolitico.com. You can also support us on Anchor if that's how you choose to listen to us. So let us begin. What is interesting about the Navy as opposed to the Marines or the Army is that there isn't this mythological first woman who served in the U.S. Navy. Now, during the Civil War, there were black men and women who were brought onto Navy ships, and there were women who served as Navy nurses. What we do know and what is documented is that in 1890, Anna Bradford Stokes, who served during the American Civil War as a nurse on the Navy hospital ship, the USS Red Rover, and assisted Sisters of Holy Cross was granted a pension of $12 a month, which I'm guessing was a lot of money back then. I could have looked that up, but I didn't. But this made her the first American woman to receive a pension for her own service in the military. Bradford Strokes is interesting because what I should mention about her is that she escaped slavery in January of 1863 and was taken on the ship. And I don't know if this is volunteered or volunteered to work as a nurse in that same month. She was assigned the rank of first class boy, which was the rank that all female nurses, black, white, were both were assigned and she was paid for her work. She resigned in October of 1864 due to exhaustion. The United States Navy Nurses Corps was officially established in 1908. It was all female until 1965. After the establishment of the Nurses Corps in 1908, by an act of Congress, 20 women were selected as the first first members and assigned to the Naval Medical School Hospital in Washington, D.C. In time, these nurses would become known as the Sacred 20 because they were the first women to serve formally as members of the Navy. The Nurses Corps gradually expanded to 116, 160 on the eve of World War I. For a few months in 1913, the Navy nurses saw their first shipboard service aboard the Mayflower and the Dolphin. Due to World War I and the size of the Navy increasing, there was a need for clerical and administrative support. So the U.S. Naval Reserve Act of 1916 permitted the enlistment of qualified, quote-unquote, persons for service. Secretary of the Navy at the time, Josephus Daniels, asked, Is there any law saying that a yeoman must be a man? And was told there was not. Go team. Thus, the Navy was able to induct its first female sailors into the U.S. Naval Reserves. The first woman who was enlisted in the Navy was Loretta Perfectus Walsh. Great middle name. On March 17, 1917. She was also the first American 
active duty Navy woman, the first woman allowed to serve in the military, any armed force at all, as anything other than a nurse. Walsh subsequently became the first U.S. woman petty officer as she was sworn in, sworn in as Chief Yeoman on March 21, 1917. During World War I, the Navy women served around continental U.S. and France, Guam, Hawaii, mostly as yeoman female because they had to make sure there was a big F there, as radio operators, electricians, draftsmen, pharmacists, photographers, tele telegraphers, fingerprint experts, chemists, torpedo assemblers, and camouflage designers. Some black women also served as yeoman female, and they were some of the first black enlisted members of any U.S. armed force. These first black women to serve in the Navy, there, there were 16, with a total rising up to 24. And these were elite these were elite black women who served from elite black families who worked in the mustard roll division of the washington's navy yard all the women who served in world war one in the navy were released from active duty after the war so world war ii I guess we all want to talk about the waves as we, cause you know, they're in the movies. They're, they're, they're hot. They're sexy. They get to kiss Ben Affleck and Josh Chardonnay. But let's talk about the real women. As the second world war came around, the United States Naval Reserves, the women's reserve, better known as the waves for women's accepted for voluntary emergency services were established. That is a horrible acronym. The WAVES were the women's branch of the United States Naval Reserve during World War II, and it was established July 21, 1942, by the U.S. Congress and signed into law by President Franklin Roosevelt on July 30th. This authorized the U.S. Navy to accept women into the Naval Reserves as commissioned officers and, the, and at the enlisted level effective for the duration of the war plus six months. The purpose of this law was to release officers and men for sea duty and replace them with women in shore establishments. Mildred McAfee on leave as president of Wellesley College became the first director of the waves. She was commissioned as lieutenant commander in August of 42 and later promoted to commander, then captain. Now, the notion of women serving in the Navy was not widely supported in Congress or by the Navy, even though some of these lawmakers and naval personnel did support the need for uniformed women during World War II. Public Law 689 allowed women to serve in the Navy, was due in large measure to an effort of the Navy Women's Advisory Council, Margaret Chung, and Eleanor Roosevelt, the First Lady. The waves served at over 900 stations in the United States. The territories of Hawaii was the only U.S. station where waves were assigned. Many female officers entered the field previously held by men, such as medicine and engineering. Enlisted women served in jobs from clerical to parachute riggers. Many women experienced workplace hostility from their male counterparts. The Navy lacked clear-cut policies early on, and this was just a source of many difficulties, as all workplace harassment is. The, at the peak of wave strength, uh, they were at 86 1,291 members. 
World War II ended in 45. The Women's Armed Service Integration Act, keep talking about this, on in 1948 is the law that allowed women to serve as permanent regular members of the armed forces, including the Navy. Now, prior to this act, with exceptions for nurses, women could only serve in the military during wartime. However, this law limiting services of women excluded them from aircraft and vessels that the Navy might use to engage in combat, but they could serve in other roles. Now, during the Korean and Vietnam War, the women's naval reserves were recalled along with their male counterparts during the Korean War, and nurses served aboard hospital ship USS Sanctuary. Nine non-nurse Navy women served in-country, however, no enlisted Navy woman was authorized to serve in Vietnam. Now, what's really interesting is that the 70s was really the was really the decade that changed the Navy. So, in 1978, Judge Sirica ruled that the law banning Navy women from ships was unconstitutional in the U.S. District Court of the District of Columbia in the case of Owens v. Brown. So that year. Congress approved the change to Title 10 USBC Section 6015 that permitted the Navy to assign women to fill sea duty billets on support and non-combat ships. So that was the first big step to really integrate women into the Navy. Because the Navy's about boats, and if you can't serve on a boat, you're really you're not on equal footing with the other men in your branch of service. So also during the 70s, women began to enter service warfare and aviation fields, and they gained access to officer extension programs, previously only open to men, and started to screen commands for opportunities ashore. Now, in 2015, Defense Secretary Ash Carter stated that starting in 2016, all combat jobs would be open to women. In March of 2016, Ash Carter approved all final plans for the military all military service branches, and all special operation commands could be open to all women, and the military began inter- integrating female combat soldiers the quote-unquote right way which i'm not 100 percent sure what that really means but let's um let's think about this in another way so farina versus richardson happened in 1973 now this was the landmark case that decided that benefits given to military families and service members could be could not be given out differently because of sex this was actually one of the cases that ruth bader ginsburg served argued at the Supreme Court. Now, Lieutenant Junior Grade Barbara Ann Rainey became the first Navy woman to earn her wings in 74. The first women were commissioned through NROTC, Navy ROTC, in 
the 70s as well. Schlesinger versus Ballard was the United States Supreme Court upheld the federal statute granting female naval officers four more years of commissioned service than men. And this was because men could serve in combat and they could get promoted because they do cool shit in combat. Now, Fran McKee in the 70s also became the Navy's first female unrestricted line officer, and Navy nurse Joan C. Burnham became the first black woman promoted to captain in the 70s. Let's see, a lot of shit happened in the 70s. In 2016 was the first year that Defense Secretary approved the final plans for military service branches to open up all combat jobs. In August, the first female enlisted sailor earned her submarine qualifications. So, women have wanted these combat jobs and they're getting them and they're working hard for them. Just like in every other branch of service, once the positions have opened up, they've taken them. And I'm grateful for these women. Thank you for your service and thank you for everything you've done for this country. Well, that's going to be it for this week's The Sexy Political Podcast. As we move forward through into 2021, we're going to work on some new some new ideas, some new plans, learn about more women and more ideas that are coming out within the next year. So I look forward to sharing with you. Thank you for enjoying us. If you want to keep following us, look for The Sexy Politico on every single social media. You can also support us on Patreon. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. Stay safe. Stay sexy. Bye.